Welcome to Ion Innovation, brought to you by the OAS Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Powers. Today, we are at OAS Retina Summit in Seattle, where we have the opportunity to sit down with some companies doing really exciting work on the forefront of new technology in the retina space. My distinguished guest today is Dr. Human Hamati, co-founder and chief medical officer of Optigo Biotherapeutics. Optigo Bio is developing precision targeted peptides aimed to increase the duration of intravitreal drugs for retina diseases, such as geographic atrophy and wet AMD. Welcome to the OAS podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Wonderful, good to have you here. So first, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about Optico and what you're working on over there? Yeah, Optico is a very exciting uh, new company. We decided to treat an unmet need in retina, which is to take existing, you know, best performing intravitreal drugs, whether they're anti-VEGF drugs or drugs for geographic atrophy or anything else, and not try to improve the efficacy of the drug, but rather, keep the efficacy and prolong the duration of activity. One of the key problems of the drugs is their monthly or bi-monthly dosing frequency, which is not good for patients, not good for the physicians, and not good for the payers. And so we wanted to address a problem that can really help everybody by creating something that leverages the efficacy of the existing best-in-class drugs, but with a reduced uh, injection frequency into the vitreous by basically leveraging the vitreous gel as a sustained release polymer instead of doing what others have done over the years, which is to inject a polymer into an eye that's already filled with tons of other polymers. Very interesting. So here at OAS Retina Summit, what are the big updates that you have to share for our listeners? Yeah, it's exciting for us. You know, we've spent the last uh, few years now since our inception working on developing a different, like multiple different binders to the vitreous, short peptides that don't reduce the efficacy of existing drugs, but which covalently modify kind of the non-business or non-binding end of them, such as ILEA or Iflibercept. And we've generated multiple different binders to different components of the vitreous, attached them to Iflibercept, and then tested them in in vivo models to see how much can we prolong the duration of activity of existing drugs. And so for Iflibercept, for example, with just one binder to a component of the vitreous, we were able to see several fold more drug after a month compared to ILEA. Uh, And that's exciting because it means that we really are prolonging its residence time in the vitreous and hopefully we can therefore translate that into prolonged duration of efficacy as well. And so what's the significance of that for both clinicians and patients? Look, it just means that we're going to maintain the efficacy of ILEA or anything else we choose to utilize while at the same time just reducing the injection frequency. That means lower inconvenience for patients. It allows less burden on the retina specialists. Their waiting rooms and clinics won't be as full. It's easier on the payer. Fewer claims and and smaller claims, hopefully, overall. means lower chance of endophthalmitis or other procedure-related complications like retinal detachment. So in the end, I think everyone benefits from it, and it doesn't come at the compromise of efficacy. And we've shown in some of our preclinical models that our anti-VEGF efficacy is identical to the innovator, to ILEA in in our case. And so we're not compromising efficacy while just simply expanding the duration. Brilliant. So as you think forward 12 months, um, what, if everything goes exactly as planned, um, what milestones do you hope to achieve? So what we really hope to show in the next 12 months is to provide proof of concept for not just one of our binders, but multiple binders, uh, elevate using preclinical testing at least one or two into later stage preclinical testing, uh, do more CMC development and be ready for a pre-IND so that we can hit the clinic. 
Fantastic. Sounds very, very promising. Thank you. Well, we wish you all the best of success here at OIS, and we'll be listening and watching to see what plays out. So. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Next up, we have the opportunity to hear from Dr. Michael Sapersky, CEO and co-founder of Revive Biotech. Welcome to the OAS podcast. Thank you, Carrie. Appreciate it. It's great to have you here. So Revive Biotech has a novel method of treating central retinal artery occlusion by injecting oxygen-loaded nanobubbles into the eye intravitreally. That's quite a mouthful. I have no idea what that is. So let's just start there because this is an extremely novel, innovative concept. So tell us a little bit more about that. Thanks so much, Carrie. I, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very exciting. We, we have developed this proprietary technology of oxygen nanocarriers. Um, it's a nanoparticle that gets injected into the eye uh, of a patient with a central retinal artery occlusion uh, and delivers oxygen to the back of the eye where uh, there's a process called ischemia where there's poor oxygenation. And these patients really have no other way of getting treated, so they uh, basically undergo either complete or partial blindness otherwise. Wow, wow, that sounds really um, impactful in terms of the, the disease impact. Is, yeah. um, so what, what are you working on right now? What are the uh, milestones or news that, that you have coming out that you'd like to share here today at OAS? Sure, so there's a lot of exciting uh, uh, stuff happening at Revive Biotechnology. The most exciting thing, obviously, is that we can uh, deliver uh, kind of impactful uh, technology to the patients that really have no other uh, way of getting treated. Uh, we have had very uh, great progress with, re uh, with research and development. So we've uh, made milestones in both uh, preclinical animal work. Uh, we've uh, developed particles that we're able to transfer to, uh, CM to uh, CROs for CMC. Uh, so this will uh, be something that will be ready to be uh, injected into humans. Uh, we uh, basically have published in uh, very impactful journals and presented uh, large meetings. Uh, we have secured our intellectual property in the United States and all over the world. Uh, and uh, actually, just recently, we received the news that National Science Foundation, which has been funding us with Phase 1 uh, NSF grant, is now funding us with Phase 2 NSF grant, uh, which is a million-dollar grant, which is uh, you know, huge for our company and obviously it'll add to all the seed funding that we've uh, raised from our, uh, from our investors. Congratulations, that's Thank big you. news indeed for Absolutely. early stage startups, so that's you. incredible. So as you look forward 12 months, if everything goes exactly according to plan, which we all know in development is just how it always goes, right? Um, so 12 months from now, what do you anticipate might be the, the milestones that you'll achieve? Sure. Thanks, Gary, for that question. So we're going to continue to, uh, to try to achieve progress with our uh, main uh, clinical entity, CR CRAO. Um, and uh, that will be towards through the regulatory process. Uh, so we're slated for our pre-IND meeting uh, with FDA uh, sometime in October of 2023. Uh, so that'll be a very good meeting, and we should be able to have all our CMC and toxicity work in line to present to them. And once we have the minutes of that meeting, uh, we'll be able to go and do our Series A fundraise um, where we're gonna uh, raise $10 million. Uh, and uh, with that, we should be able to do our CMC toxicity uh, and basically be ready for, uh, for first in human uh, trials. 
That's incredible. That's incredible. Any last parting uh, updates you'd like to leave with the OAS listeners? Sure. So, you know, we developed uh, this nanoparticle. My partner is a renowned professor at University of Illinois. Our, uh, our company spun out of uh, University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. Um, we basically, it's a first of its kind uh, nano delivery uh, system of oxygen. Um, we should be able to address central retinal artery occlusion, but also other allied ischemic conditions in the eye. Uh, and this will be really impactful for all retina community for our patients. We have put together a great advisory board uh, with likes of Arshad Kanani, uh, Jay Pareg, David Achenbaum, uh, and we've developed a very strong team. So we feel very uh, you know, blessed and uh, we feel like we should be able to push this forward and bring this to our patients uh, in a reasonable amount of time. So do you anticipate that this will follow the traditional FDA approval pathway? Uh, thanks, Gary. So, so I think this is a very unique uh, particle that hasn't been explored before, and we're addressing it in a very small um, subset of patients, uh, which, uh, which uh, it's about 10,000 patients per year in the United States. So this definitely falls into orphan designation category, which has all sorts of uh, perks as far as FDA pathway. Uh, so we've been discussing this with FDA, and we've been in very close contact with them. Of course. Uh, so it could potentially be in the hands of clinicians even sooner. That's correct. Fantastic. Well, we will all be rooting for you. It sounds like if this is successful, just have an enormous impact on disease burden. So Absolutely. best of luck to you guys at the Revive team. Thank you. Thank you very much, Gary. I'd like to welcome Dr. Michael Singer. Dr. Singer is clinical professor of ophthalmology at the University of Texas Health Science Center in San Antonio, Texas. He's also the director of clinical research at Medical Center Ophthalmology. Dr. Singer is here today to talk about Unity Biotechnology's clinical trial of UVX 1325, a senolytic therapeutic under investigation for the treatment of diabetic macular edema and wet AMD. Dr. Singer is a principal investigator in that trial. So welcome to the OAS podcast, Dr. Singer. Carrie, thanks for having me. Wonderful to have you here. Um, and thankfully you're here because I don't think any of our listeners know what a senolytic therapeutic is. So let's just start there. So the concept of senolytic has to do with the fact that as our cells get older, you have these cells that essentially slow down their normal processes. And when you look at wet AMD and DME, you have more senolytic cells develop over time. So as your diabetes gets worse or your wet AMD gets worse, you have these, senolytic, senol, these senile cells. And a senolytic agent is what we want to do is we want to stop that. We want to stop these senolytic cells. And if we can remove them from the system, then your body can restore itself and hopefully reverse some of the processes that are involved in the disease process like wet AMD or DME. Fantastic. So Dr. Singer, can you give us a top line overview of the data that Unity has released thus far? Wonderful. Happy to do it. So essentially, Unity has the BEHOLD trial, and the BEHOLD trial was a DME trial. And they looked at people who were the frequent flyers that needed a lot of medication to sustain their treatment. And they really want to find a stability point. If you look at the pivotal trials like Vivid and Vista, patients gained vision initially, and over time, their vision plateaued. So they wanted to have people who were previously treated for diabetic macular edema that needed multiple injections, and they randomized them to a UBX125 versus sham, and they followed them over time with you know, good rescue criteria, so patients weren't abandoned. 
And it turns out if you follow them over time, patients with UBX125, about 50% of them did not need a rescue injection in up to a year. So it really shows some positive results in terms of the fact that by using this medicine, you're able to stabilize these people in such a way that frequent injections may not be necessary. And this is obviously a big deal in our diabetic populations because they're notoriously non-compliant. So you want something that works longer. We already have something that works stronger. Very good. So what's the current status of the trial and the anticipated timeline of bringing a treatment like this to market? So the DME, the BEHOLD trial, with its positive results, they're going to run a, another trial looking at it so to see if it's potential approval through the FDA. So they're going to repeat the trial. The other trial that's part of this was for wet AMD. It was essentially in the UNITY trial. They looked at patients who needed frequent injections and they gave them an injection of aflibercept followed by the UBX medication. And then they gave the aflibercept people arm aflibercept every other month as per label. And it turns out when you looked at it, these patients, even though they were frequent flyers, they had lots of treatments, four out of the last six months, when you gave them one shot of aflibercept, it wasn't enough. Because essentially, after the first shot of aflibercept, but when they went to randomization, the aflibercept arm gained three letters after the second shot of aflibercept, but didn't gain any more vision. So they didn't have enough of a pretreatment arm, and the unity basically didn't gain any vision at all but they didn't need a whole lot of supplementation. So although they didn't hit their primary endpoint in terms of visual acuity or OCT, 50% of people did not need rescue. So it appears to me that this trial, although was not designed the way it should have been, doesn't really disqualify the potential value of this medication going forward. Very good. So what do you think that the impact of introducing this new class of treatment will have on clinical practice? I think the concept is, we you know, we're really good at anti-VEGF, but the world is more than VEGF. And what we need to do is have things that are going to extend the duration of our great anti-VEGF. And I think synolytics makes sense. It makes sense that over time, there are factors that are involved that cause breakdown. Obviously, if you look in dry macular degeneration, you see all the complement inhibitors that are trying to deal with the aging population. If we can remove some of these cells, I think it'll be great addition to our toolbox. I don't think it's going to be used alone. It's going to be used in combination, and it'll probably, over time, if we look five to 10 years from now, treating these diseases as we do in cancer, there'll be a cocktail of medications. Some work on VEGF, some work on inflammation, some will potentially work on synolytic. So again, it's very exciting to be a retina specialist, but we're just watching the dawn of a new era. Exciting indeed, I love it. Sounds like very promising results for patients. So thank you so much for, for hopping over and explaining synolytic therapeutics to us here at the OAS podcast. Thrilled to be there, thanks for having me. For our final interview, we have two guests from Nanoscope Therapeutics. We have Samar Mohanty, president and co-founder, and we have Sulagna Bhattacharya, CEO and also co-founder. So welcome to the OAS podcast. Thank you for having me here. Happy to be here. Nanoscope Therapeutics is developing an ambient light-activated optogenetic therapy to restore vision in people suffering from various inherited retinal degenerative diseases, including retinitis pigmentosa, Stargardt, and dry AMD. So first, let's start out by sharing a little bit with our listeners uh, who is um, Nanoscope Therapeutics. Nanoscope Therapeutics is developing transformative therapy for patients uh, 
being blind from retinal degenerative conditions, whether it is inherited or acquired, such as retinitis pigmentosa, Stargardt disease, or advanced AMD. MCO has the potential to become fast restorative and regenerative therapy for these patients to restore vision. It's a privilege to read Nanoscope, more so to achieve my personal mission to help this disease patient. Blindness hits close to home to my family. So it's uh, more than a business to me to give the hope and regain the sight back for this patient. Very good. So we're here at the OAS Retina Summit here in Seattle. Um, so what is the most exciting update or advancement that you have to share for our listeners? Yeah, the ambient light activable multi-characteristic opsin is now validated across three different clinical trials across multiple IRD diseases in randomized control trial as well as open level trial for Stargard. So we are very excited to share this consistency in data that we are uh, achieving across multiple trials and multiple diseases. Very good. So, um, so tell us, what is the significance of an advancement like this for the patients? We are hearing the patients are regaining their ability to recognize their family members' faces, navigating in their own home or workplace without uh, hitting the obstacle or any assistance. Um, we normal vision patient uh, take this for granted. These are very normal for our uh, you know day-to-day -day activities, but for retinal degenerative patients, they are losing their capabilities or they already have lost. So when they're going through these challenges, I have seen this devastating journey um, for a loved one. So when you hear these stories, uh, like the patient are coming back to their life, they're feeling alive again, these are a big achievement on a personal level for me. And um, uh, we are eagerly waiting to hear and share these stories and videos to you all. That's very exciting. It's results like that and the individual patient impact that the you know, technology is having. This is why we do what we do. So that's very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. So as you think ahead to the next 12 months, um, what are the milestones that you think that you will have achieved or you hope to achieve in the next year? Yeah, these patients with advanced retinal degeneration without any photoreceptor has no hope or no treatment today. And we truly have a platform that can actually impact these patients, restoring some level of vision, improving their quality of life. And we believe we truly can democratize gene therapy for this advanced patient in a mutation agnostic manner. And it's all on to us, our dedicated team of scientists and clinicians working with regulatory agency to have an alignment on an expedited path how to make this drug available to the patients to a wider population in the United States as well as in Europe. That's the biggest goal for our MCO10 program. And the next follow-on program is a non-viral laser delivery program where we are looking forward to impact even bigger populations of advanced AMD leading to GA, where we can restore light sensitivity and vision in the atrophic areas, which while other companies or other approaches are trying to 
slow down the disease progression. It's a complementary approach that we bring to the table. Very good, very good. Well, uh, we're rooting for you here at OIS. It sounds like you've got just really um, impactful work that you're working on, and uh, we, we can't wait to hear the results of your next trial. So thank you for joining us here at the OAS podcast. Thank you, Kerry. Thank you for having us. Yes. That's it for this episode of the OAS podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Powers. Save the date as OAS returns to San Diego on December 1st and 2nd. Our 13th flagship summit unites corporate, clinical, and capital leaders driving novel therapies for both the front and back of the eye. You'll gain perspectives on addressing unmet needs across all of ophthalmology and optometry. Head over to OAS.net for more information and to get registered. Your path to innovation begins here.